Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito This is the Falcoholic Podcast, official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. This is Dave Walker. I'm joined by my co-host, the one and only Forever Matt Online, Gina Kelly. Gina, how are you doing? I am doing great, David. I have Falcons won. I couldn't be better. <laughs> yeah, we're finally doing this <laughs> podcast with hopefully some... Actually, I've, I've, as always, I've previewed the voicemails. We have a mix, um, even though they did get their first win, uh, and I think we'll... We'll find out why. Um, I don't know about you. That was easily one of the most boring games, I think, up until the last few minutes of the fourth quarter. I almost fell asleep covering that game. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And part of the reason it was boring is because I wasn't that mad many times during the game. (laughs) Like, that's unusual for me. That is, that's, I, I will say, this Falcons team has regularly pissed us both off over the last several years basically as long as we have known each other (laughs) yeah i i think uh we've had a a few bright moments here and there but it's mainly just like a a seething river of anger um half the time so all right and obviously we've got fans that uh are right there with us uh let's jump into some of these voicemails we've got uh, about as many as last week um and I just want to say to those who have been calling in, thank you. Uh, we love hearing from you. We love hearing your thoughts. Some of you are freaking hysterical uh, and you help to make this a fun process, actually, because covering this team can be very frustrating. Gina and I have both been doing this for well over a decade now and hearing actual thoughts from people who aren't actively covering this team every single day of the week uh, it is actually been quite fun. Don't you think, Gina? I do. I think it's fun. I think that we get some different perspectives. And I think that, you know, we get a little bit more honesty and sincerity when we're hearing from fans about the team. Um, So I think that that's, that's really fun. And I know, like, it's, it helps us at the Falcoholic, you know, we're all friends, and we all commiserate about this team all the time. And so I like giving our our listeners a chance to also commiserate with us. I think that it's, you know, (laughs) almost like a support group here for Falcons fans. (laughs) Oh, 1-800 number for uh, getting help with your Falcons addiction. Uh, <laughs> here we are, um, and we're, we're going to jump straight, straight into this voicemail. My God, this team is frustrating. I, I don't even know what to say because <laughs> we all thought that the defense was going to be garbage, and they're not great, right? They're not. They're not fantastic, but they've held their own for the most part, especially in this game against a not-so-great team as well. But what you can overcome is something that's supposed to be our strength. I'm 
And the line wasn't the worst issue today. Matt Ryan was. And I'm a Matt Ryan defender. He, I, I think he has plenty left in the tank. But today, he gave all the Falcons fans who think he's done, like, all the ammo they need, which is unfortunate. They won. But I don't feel like we just won. I feel like, great, we won a game. We're not going to win anything else with the way we played. I just don't understand. This team is so frustrating, and I'm going to go drink some. All right, thanks. Bye. I think we can relate to the I'm going to go drink something response to watching yes. the Falcons. Extremely relatable. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the point about the defense is fair. And, yeah, it was against the Giants. They're not a great team. But they, they did hold their own, and that mm-hmm. was good to see. And, you know, we've already talked on this podcast in the past about the caliber of talent that Dean Pease has to work with on that side of the ball and how it's going to be work in progress. Um, but I think that, you know, they have held their own. Now, that talking about the offense, and that is supposed to be the team's strength. That's what we all expected. I saw a stat today. Yeah, the Falcons are dead last in, a, in offensive DVOA, which is oh. worse than the Bears and the Jets. So oh I God. think, I know, worse than the Bears and the Jets is not a category that you want to be in. In anything. No. And so I do think that it's very fair. And, I, you know, I don't. I think that it's a combination of factors. I think mm-hmm. that the offensive line play is still shaky. It's was better a little bit uh, on Sunday, but not much. Um, and again, like that's just something that's going to take several weeks for them to get in sync. Yep. But also, you know, I think that because it's a new scheme, I think that's part of the issue, but there are just so many questions about this offense. One is where the hell is Kyle Pitts? Two is, <laughs> what in the world are you doing with Felipe Franks? And three is (laughs) why are you not scoring more points? So, you know, I think anybody who has questions, qualms or complaints about this offense is totally justified. Yeah. And at this point when they're struggling to even put up just 17 uh, and again, the giants, you know, they're not, they're not a good team. So a lot of people felt like this could be the, the game for the Falcons offense to finally go off a little bit. And they struggled. They struggled for the entire game. And mm-hmm. Matt Ryan is, you know, he's not uh, above criticism. I think the frustration I have, and Gina, I know you share this, is that the minute we crawl into that space, we're like, yeah, Matt Ryan didn't have a good game. We end up in the middle of a war of people who are saying, um, you know, Matt Ryan is trash uh, versus, uh, you know, everyone else but Matt Ryan is to blame. And it's like, mm-hmm. this, there's a middle ground here. It can simply be that he had a bad game. Yeah. And that happens. We all have bad days of work. Mm-hmm. I had one today. <laughs> Same. <laughs> so Matt Ryan, solidarity to you, brother. We all had a bad day. <laughs> We're all having a Matt Ryan week is how this one's turning out. Yes. Um, God bless him. So, and, but like you said, uh, when they're struggling to score and they're dead last in the NFL, they, they deserve all the heat that comes their way. Um, yeah. But I'm, I do think it'll get better. I think it's going to take time. I think it's going to be something that they're going to experiment. They're going to frustrate us, but things will start to click at some point. Just, I, I really do think that the 2015, 2016 seasons with uh, Kyle Shanahan are probably our best benchmark for what this may be like. It may be very, it may be frustrating for a while, but I, I think they're I building. I agree. Something. 
And if you think back to that 2015 season, Matt Ryan stats like that one is an outlier for his yeah. whole career. It was a bad year. Like yep. his picks to um, touchdowns ratio was poor. It was just terrible. And the main thing with that was just the learning curve with Shanahan's mm-hmm. scheme. It was a pretty big departure at that time, moving from Cutter's scheme to Shanahan's. And so, um, yeah, I think that we're definitely seeing that learning curve in action. Yeah, I think we've seen some things out of the offense to be encouraged about. When Kyle Pitts has, you know, when his number's been called, like he's made a couple of impressive impressive catches. Um, yep. He's just not being used very much. Uh, Cordero Patterson is my favorite NFL player now. And, yes. you know, he and Mike Davis have the bulk of this team's offensive yards, which is not a thing that would have happened in the past several years. The Falcons mm-hmm. really have had like a non-existent running game. So we're seeing some signs of progress and growth and improvement from the offense. I think it's just, you know, I think this might just be a real long, pretty average season for the team as far as their performance. And it's just next year, once they're past this learning curve, I think that we can, you know, raise our expectations. But I think, you know, it's just going to be a long year. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And I I think we're going to see little things that are going to give us some encouragement. Uh, Like you said, the running game has been much better than it has been in the past. And it's usually the passing game that lags when you're installing mm-hmm. a new a new offense, and I think we're seeing some of that now. Yeah. Um, speaking of the passing game, let's talk about our top tight end. There's been so much talk about the potential our new tight end has. Uh, ever since he debuted, the entire fan base has been waiting with bated breath to finally see this man break out and steal the show. Week three, we finally unleashed the beast, and the NFL will never be the same. Welcome to the team. Lee Smith. (laughs) Love it. Um, So when Lee Smith scored the touchdown the other day, our uh, bill site at SB Nation, Buffalo Rumblings, it's a wonderful site run by wonderful people, but they were so excited for him. They loved him up in Buffalo. Yeah. And so that kind of thing just kind of warms my heart. You know, it's, it's nice to see a guy like that actually getting a touchdown. That said, I think that it would be delightful to see them, throw to Kyle Pitts maybe sometime. <laughs> you know, just, just a thought, just throwing it out there. But <laughs> yeah, I was thrilled for Lee Smith. And like I said, the, the Bills fans absolutely love him. They were celebrating for him. And that was really nice to see. Yeah, it, it's it, it, for anyone that had their money down on Lee Smith being our first tight end to get a touchdown this year. Um, number one, you're lying. No one saw that coming. Number two, uh, give me some money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he probably won a lot of it. A lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like Lee Smith. I like what he's done for the team. He's one of those guys that, you know, he's just really good in the locker room. And I actually, I think Kyle Pitts is going to benefit tremendously by having him here for this year. Um, and actually, I think we've seen the one thing Kyle Pitts has actually done well this season. And it's, it, it sort of blows my mind because we thought it was going to be his weak spot. He's been good as a pass blocker and a run blocker. And I know that's not why we drafted him. Please don't come after me and, and burn my house down. But there is something he has to do as a tight end. So, you know, at least that part of his game is going okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so sad now. Okay. Um, <sighs> next voicemail, Gina. All right. Falcons look pretty good out there today. Offensive blind. A lot of work to do. Arthur Smith, the plays. Uh, let's get Pitts involved more. They're going to double-team, figure out ways to get them over. Let's go. W. 
I like it. Short and sweet. I like it too. Get pets involved more. That is my mantra right now. <laughs> I mean, you know, they told us this guy was a unicorn, but for the first few weeks of the season, it seemed like that meant that he was imaginary. <laughs> and so I would really, yeah, I just stole my own joke from Twitter, by the way. But oh, um, fantastic. Yeah, I, I would really like to see him get more involved. He's such a special talent. And I know like there's a, again, that learning curve for a tight end coming out of college and going into the pros. So, but like you mentioned, I mean, he's already doing a pretty decent job in the blocking element of his role, which is mm-hmm. very important. And actually, usually one of the things that college tight ends and running backs have a harder adjustment to at the professional level. And so that's encouraging to see, but yeah, get puts more involved. I strongly agree. Arthur Smith, if you're listening, get <laughs> yes. him involved. Please we have all been involved. waiting for months. We're very excited about him. Uh, I will say, I, I think one of the things that may be factoring in is the fact that Arthur Smith wants to use him all over the field, not just as yeah. a tight end, not just running tight end routes, but as a quite- weapon. As, as a, a weapon, which means actually his responsibility and what he has to learn from a playbook standpoint, he can't just learn the plays from the tight end position because he may get flexed out to, you know, be the wide receiver, to be the, the Z, to be the X. Uh, yeah. And in those situations, he has to know, uh, he almost has to know as much as Matt Ryan is going in and knowing. And that's, that is a big ask for a rookie tight end. Uh, yes. And I think that could be, you know, part of the problem is it's going to take a while for him to absorb the playbook and be comfortable with it to, where if he lines up in line and all of a sudden he's flexed out wide, his yeah. responsibilities change. And I think that totally. that's, that's a big deal. And, and we should give uh, Arthur Smith and Kyle Pitts a little bit of time, although I do want to see him. I, I want to see them manufacture something for him, if, even if it's just an easy play, kind of like what they did in the preseason, because I really want to see this guy with the ball in his hands because he, he looks like an incredible athlete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that element of it, the fact that he has so many different responsibilities, depending on how and where he's being used on the field, is something that I hadn't really thought about. But, yeah, that is going to lengthen that learning curve for sure. Yeah. So this is going to be a fun process, folks. <laughs> Hooray! Hooray! <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, this this caller pointed out that it was over 300 days since the Falcons last won an NFL game. Let's go. Over 300 days on, I had forgotten what it felt like to win a football game. <laughs> the elation, then the relief, then the amusement, and the misfortune of the New York Giants and their fans. <laughs> Oh, just so wonderful. However, one thing that stuck in my mind as a as a parallel to this game, and bear with me, uh, is the viral headline, Kanye West scores 106 points against wheelchair basketball team. <laughs> Charity basketball game didn't go as planned yesterday when Kanye West scored 106 points against a team of children in wheelchairs. Yes, a win is a win is a win. But this was a win against the wheelchair basketball team of the NFC. <laughs> As such, I remain deeply concerned about the direction of this team based on just how appalling the offensive performance was for the vast majority of this game. All that being said, this win is the beginning of a tremendous opportunity to get to a winning record before the bye with Washington at home and the Jets in London on the horizon. I'm going to need to see some real signs of improvement offensively, but if they can get the 3-2 three, three and two at the bye, Maybe we can afford to dream just a little bit about the prospect of a team that does not embarrass us and torture us on a weekly basis. <laughs> I think that's beautiful. Well, pump the brakes. It is the Falcons. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The hell team you've been watching. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, isn't that the beauty of sports fandom though, is that, you know, I, I think about this every off season, every off season optimism is, you know, high for every fan base. And you're like, this is going to be the year where they don't embarrass me every Sunday. And then, you know, the season starts rolling and you're like, Oh no, here we are again. And so if they get to a winning record by the by, I will be shocked and delighted. Yes. Um, and, and in my very off base and completely ridiculous predictions for the, this season, I actually thought they would start three and two after five games. Um, this early part of the schedule, I thought, uh, actually, I thought they would beat the, uh, um, uh, the Eagles and lose to Washington. Um, but now I, I feel like Washington without a good quarterback is, is a prime target for a loss. Um, yeah, this is, I love the fact that he compared the New York Giants to a wheelchair basketball team. Um, that is forever stuck in my head. Yeah, children. <laughs> a wheelchair basketball team for children. Um, and how appropriate that we are Kanye in that scenario. <laughs> yes, after he took up residence at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome for a or not Superdome, <laughs> Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Um, that was a slip of the tongue. It's not, yeah, New Orleans has Caesars now anyway. Never mind, yeah. I'm very tired. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> well, Gina, as, as our next caller reminds us, you got to take the lemons with the limes. <laughs> yeah. What's going on, David and Gina? This is the Fat Falcon checking back in. Hey, man, I, I've just woken up from a drunken stupor. I've <laughs> bottle since. Four o'clock when Young Way Cool sealed the game up for us. I'm happy, man. You know, this this win, you know, it's sort of like my first marriage. You know, she she wasn't much of a looker, but she had a, a rich father. So, you know, <laughs> like I said last week, you got to take the lemon with the lime. And, and luckily, we had more lime this week than lemon. So, you got to take it. You know, it wasn't pretty, oh. but a win is a win. You know, salute to Arthur Smith. For you know, not not giving up because you know in the Dan Quinn era, we would have found a way to lose this game. That's true. And didn't yeah. so shout out to him. Uh, shout out to Matt Ryan on the Tide commercial, the cold call. Did y'all see that with Stone Cold yeah. and I? That was fantastic. National yeah, recognition. He might be in the movie soon. Check him out. Speaking of Matt, though, I'm, I'm kind of concerned about his deep balls, man. He's not really throwing them like I'd like him to. I think he has a, a what I like to call PTSD, the post-traumatic sack disorder. <laughs> <laughs> so used to being on his back that when he gets a clean pocket, he don't know what to do with it. So I'm hoping that he'll develop some trust over the next few games and start looking down the field, man, and finding Calvin and even though they're not getting open like I'd like either, but you know, we need us maybe when John Brown, I think that's his name from the from Buffalo, mm -hmm. gets uh, acclimated with the playbook, we can hit him in some some downfield routes. Well, we haven't signed him yet, so yeah, that would help. Let's go one and two, we'll take it better than zero and three. Hey man, New yeah. York, oh my God, the Jets and the Giants got <laughs> two teams and they both suck. Yeah, <laughs> look at your house. Searching, I saw you on Twitter looking for for a house, man. Don't worry, uh, Matt Hennessy and uh, and uh, what's your boy Mayfield? Their houses, they'll, they'll be empty soon. They'll be out of here, so you know you can move into one of their houses. Y'all take care. Y'all. 
Oh my god. I I love I love it. I love the Fat Falcon. Thank you so much for calling in. Uh and yeah, I I actually think that this uh the PTSD thing is uh it's a very very clever acronym for um for what we're seeing from Matt that I actually think there's a lot of accuracy. Oh, there. You yeah. know, I think that 100%. he's I I mean he got his world rocked by the Eagles. Mm-hmm. so many times and i really think that he's probably been a little bit off since then um and no matter what like ryan has been incredibly healthy throughout his career but he also knows he's getting older and so the more hits he takes the greater that risk becomes and i'm sure that that's a factor too but yeah i'm hoping uh like the fat falcon said that um he will be able to kind of settle down develop more trust with his receivers and be able to sling that thing because yeah, that is something that um, is a concern really. And his game just seemed off. Like his rhythm seemed off on Sunday. He just seemed a little bit, just not quite right. And I think that it could very well be just the number of hits he's taken so far this season. Yeah. And I've I've seen a lot of people ask and, and sort of comment on is Matt Ryan's arm a problem and I remember we had this conversation back in 2015 when mm-hmm. he was struggling in Shanahan's yes. offense. And I think the reality with Matt is he is a confidence thrower. If yeah. he is not confident in what he's doing, he is not going to look good throwing the ball. And um, he's never been a big armed quarterback. He he's, has a big enough arm. He's, it's, he's fine, but uh, he's a confidence thrower. And right now I think, as this caller pointed out and you doubled down on, he's not confident in what's going on. And I think it mm-hmm. makes it look like his skills are declining. And I don't necessarily think that's it. I mean, he is 36, so he's, he's on the back end of his career, but I don't think he's suddenly losing all of his arm strength. I think this is a lot more about his comfort and his confidence in the guys in front of him and, and the skill position players too. Yeah. Definitely. And, you know, I also think that that's probably been at least one factor in Kyle Pitts limited. um, I don't even know, just the the limited way that Smith is using him. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that probably, you know, they haven't really had an opportunity to develop that timing and trust and chemistry to the point where Ryan feels incredibly comfortable with him. So that may be a factor too. losing Julio is a big one yep. because they played together for a very long time. And Julio is a guy who, you know, he's got the, the size and the toughness and the just, I mean, he's basically a superhuman, so he can make <laughs> contested throws and triple coverage or snatch a ball out of the air, right over Luke Keekley's head. Like, and so losing a receiver like that is probably a little bit of a factor too. Yeah. And, you know, Matt's a guy that he, he relies on his guys to be at the right spot because he's a very accurate passer, but he yeah. needs to be confident that they're going to be in the spot that he's going to put the ball at. And because a lot of times he's throwing that ball before that, that player is in that spot, you know, he's, oh, he's very much throws so. him open. Um, and the other and, thing is they, they have brought, I mean, there are a lot of new faces on yeah. this offense this yep. year. And so we saw, we've seen some things from the first three games that seemed pretty obvious to me that they were like miscommunications. And so yeah. I think that they're also still working out some of the kinks there. Yeah. And I think we even heard on the field on Sunday, one of the players say, what's the play? What's the play? Um, yeah. Which you never want to hear on the no. field. No. Oh. <laughs> so I, I think there's a lot of growing pains and we're probably going to see hopefully not performances quite as bad as what the, the Giants game was, but 
I think we're going to see some struggles still uh, for a few weeks until actually, I, I think Gina, this bye week may be at a opportune point. They can get through these next two games and then sort of spend some time in the bye week, really doubling down on the playbook and, and getting everyone yeah. on the same page. Absolutely. Yep. All right. We've got a few more voicemails with some familiar voices and we're going to close it out with uh, a voice who's been on this particular podcast the past few weeks. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is David Walker. I'm joined by Gina Kelly. We are going through your voicemails in reaction to the Falcons win 17-14 over the New York Giants in week three of the 2021 NFL season. Let's get into this next one. This is going to be a familiar voice. Here we go. Hi, this is Jim and Hushton celebrating a Falcons win, a last score win. A young way Coove made the field goal at the end win, but I didn't mind last year because that game was Kyle Pitts, uh, who was actually targeted in the end zone. If he wasn't being mugged, would have scored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought the good was we obviously made adjustments, and uh, the call play the call play to Lee Lee Smith was just brilliant. Uh, the bad was. Uh, the beginning of the game it seemed like people can move the ball at will against us but we didn't make the adjustments and um these wildcat calls um <laughs> need to go the way sarkeesian's jet sweeps they just are not working but it was a celebratory day the oh the ugly of course will be if zeno calls in and uh, it was celebratory enough that uh it was a pork tenderloin with balsamic fig glaze and lots and lots Ooh. of chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> I love it. Wow. <laughs> Thanks, guys. You're doing great. Bye. Oh, Jim and Hurston, awesome. is, he is a really lovely person. Um, I met him a few years ago. Vic Beasley did a lot of work with Rally Foundation fighting childhood cancer and raising money for childhood cancer research. So Vic hosted a dinner several years ago. Jim was there. I was there. And he's a lovely person. I'm glad that he calls into the pod every week. I do want to talk about what he just said about defensive adjustments, because how many years have we been begging for those? Oh, mercy. No kidding. No kidding. And so That's, it was really nice to see. Yeah. Um, they, you know, they only allow 14 points, but they really did a much better job, I think, of, of forcing Daniel Jones uh, into uncomfortable spots uh, throughout yeah. the game. And yeah, it, it's a great point. And the Falcons, you know, they bounced back in the second half. They, and as he mentioned, you know, Matt Ryan had, uh, I think it was his 38th game winning drive of his career. Um, mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. So uh, I don't want to undersell all of that. You know, we were simultaneously critical of the first three quarters, 
but in crunch time, Matt delivered and it was nice. Yeah. It's been a while since we've seen that. And it's, we do it need has. to celebrate that. Um, and I did just want to mention, I wanted to call out one defensive player in particular because he's a guy that, you know, a lot of fans have bagged on after last year and mm -hmm. that sort of thing. But um, Dante Fowler, yeah, he had a really good game on Sunday and he deserves to be recognized for that. And that was a big part of the reason that they were able to make those adjustments were just a handful of guys stepping up when and making plays when we needed them to. And Dante was definitely one of those. And so considering that we have, you know, we crack a lot of jokes and that sort of thing. And I know that, you know, we are not always <laughs> that, uh, I guess, kind when we are making fun of players, but uh, Dante Fowler deserves credit and praise for the way that he played on Sunday, for sure. Yeah, 100%. And I, I'll throw another name in that list because he's also similarly criticized, and that was Isaiah Oliver, who had yes. uh, two pass breakups, and he forced the fumble and recovered it um, in the middle of the game. So another player that sort of has been a punching bag for the fans, and he he was one of our best graded players by Pro Football Focus on Sunday. So Really, really happy to see the young guy come through in that regard. Yeah, you absolutely love to see it. Yeah. All right. Next voicemail. This one, uh, this one got a chuckle out of me. Hey, guys, it happened. My wife caught me cheating. She caught me scrolling through my ex's feed. I couldn't close the browser quick enough. Um, and she caught me looking at Julio Jones' <laughs> productivity with the Titans. I got that app to watch game replays, and she caught me watching Titans games, watching Jones highlights. I was embarrassed, but it's good to see at least one of our receivers having fun. Anyway, I still hope there's hope there's whatever. I'm too frustrated. I gotta go talk to her now and tell her that I'm still a Falcon fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, if he'd said that his wife left him, I would have thought that it was Chambers. It, but it would have been no. Chambers, 100%. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, Julio Jones is just an incredible athlete. I certainly, I, I know, you know, fans have strong feelings about the way that he left and the fact that he left it all. And I understand all of that. I'm not asking anybody to continue being a fan of him um, now that he's gone, but I am. I mean, mm -hmm. I, you know, I certainly want to see him succeed, not against the Falcons, but in general, in life. Yep. And uh, yeah, I, I do. I will admit I miss seeing him in a Falcons uniform. Yeah, uh, it's it, it is weird not seeing him on the sideline with Matt Ryan, uh, given mm -hmm. that. Uh, in NFL history, they are the number two all-time quarterback wide receiver duo in, as far as total yards uh, ever. Incredible, um, yeah. And I think we, you know, as you mentioned, he he exited on on bad terms, but uh, when he goes into the hall, and he will go into the hall, um, mm -hmm. uh, I hope that he and the Falcons can uh, kiss and make up and and make that a a, a pleasant uh, experience for everybody. But I do too. Just to be clear, he had three receptions for 47 yards. So he did not exactly light it up. I'm sorry. Um, We're not being petty. We're just being honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just citing stats. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, all right. Next voicemail. Hey, y'all. Nathan coming, calling from Tallahassee today. We won a game. <laughs> so incredible. There's so many people I'd like to thank today for this. I'd like to thank Arthur Blank. I mean, Mike Smith. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Arthur Smith. <laughs> like a decade. 
<laughs> I'd also like to thank our TE1 future face of the league in his position, Felipe Franks, for all those hugely <laughs> impactful snaps. I'd also like to thank the Giants for being absolutely garbage. <laughs> the bird team. I'd like to thank Young Way Koo for being our best offensive weapon. Dante <laughs> <laughs> Fowler for actually doing something. And finally, I'd like to thank the Hawks for starting the basketball season in less than a month. Go Birds. Go Birds. Go Birds. Um, yeah, I love that. I love that voicemail. <laughs> I don't even really have anything to add. I, I think that Nathan, I think that you said it perfectly. Oh, <laughs> uh, 100%. The the Mike Smith, Arthur Smith trip up got me. Um, uh, absolutely love that. <laughs> and uh, I will say the uh, Felipe Franks experiment. Uh, I, I had a little bit of a rant, um, but I I am curious because Gina, I looked this up. We're probably going to talk about this more at the Falcoholic. Um, Felipe Franks actually has a faster 40 time than Travis Kelsey. Yeah. So maybe there's something there that the Falcons are, are you know, they're experimenting with. I appreciate the fact that their roster is in such a shape that they do need to try these experiments because they need to find talent wherever they can. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know that you should try it, you know, in the third week of the NFL season, but no. um, Yeah. And actually we are facing a tight end this weekend in Washington by the name of Logan Thomas, who actually also came out of college originally as a quarterback and converted to tight end. So mm-hmm. it has happened. There has been some, some success with it. And Franks is an athletic um, uh, player, but uh, yeah, tight end one, probably not anytime soon. No. And I mean, I, I do think that there is potential there because Franks is very big. He's got the size, he has the speed, yes. he has the athleticism. And so he's not going to be a starting quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons this year. Nope. So why not see what else he can do because of his skill set and his physical gifts? I think that you really don't lose anything by giving him a shot. Now, would I prefer that happen in practice instead of in a game? Yeah. I would prefer <laughs> that they really kind of work out the finer points of this whole situation before throwing him out there in a game. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm, like I'm not opposed to seeing what he can do. Yeah, and someone actually pointed out to me that on Sunday he was active and fourth tight end Parker Hesse was inactive for the game. So uh, very interesting turn of events with the Falcons. I'll be curious to see if they do that again this Sunday. Uh, But apparently they like what they've seen from him enough so that they kept three quote-unquote quarterbacks on the roster. Uh Um, But yeah, I I thought that was funny, pointing him out as uh, tight end one instead of the uh, the unicorn. I thought he was going to say Lee Smith. <laughs> I did too. I thought that's where that was going. I was like, oh, here he we go. Another Lee Smith joke. There. <laughs> I was like, so no, I, I appreciate it. We've Everybody's got jokes about the tight ends and alleged tight ends. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious and depressing. That's the Falcons for you. That's the Falcons. <laughs> All right. Our last voicemail. Uh, I think you'll recognize this one as well. Matt Ryan had an alert. Matt Ryan had an alert. <laughs> Matt Ryan had an alert. Finally. OMG. What the French toast? The stress. My fingernails are just about all gone from the agony. I swear <laughs> I found my first gray hair last night. That was 
P-L-Y-Y-Y. But you know what? The win is a win. And I'll take an ugly win over a pretty loss any day. Again, game ball goes to defense. They stood out three weeks straight. I was excited to see players step up and looking like they're trying to prove people wrong. Dante Siler had a pretty solid game for the second week. Isaiah Oliver looked like he held his own in the slot. New York was attacking Terrell back up green pretty often. Although he wasn't great, but pretty much gave a tad bit more than I expected. He would get out of him. Wish we would capitalize more on our turnovers that we could have had. But mm-hmm. defense did keep us in the game and gave Cordero Patterson and the offense chances to get the dub to we needed. Offense was terrible to me for the most part up till about the fourth quarter. Patterson is the start of this offense right now. The mm-hmm. AKA the kids had a great game and he possibly may need to be wide receiver too. Feel like I've seen more of him this game than Gage in past two games. And we need more of Pitt. Man, I like the team personnel. He was great. I feel he's like a new toy or phone of the Smith haven't figured all the features to just yet. <laughs> I think that's a great way to describe it. I love that. Matt Ryan, like that for real. But he did have a great last two series to get us 10 points. Not too much different from the game last week we lost, but he did do his job when we absolutely needed it. So mm-hmm. everyone feels good, better about this win. We should, because, hell, guess what? Us and the Chiefs have the same record. Wow. Us and the Kansas City Chiefs have the same record. We both lost two in a row. So hopefully that gives fans that are a little doubtful a little more hope. Because people still believe Chiefs will have a great season, even our own fans, but don't feel the same about their own team. Hey, I see the progress in, in our team, though. O'Line doing much better, Mayfield improving. Wonder what you see out there. Yep, that's it. it got cut off a little bit short, but uh, yeah, uh, I love it. Always, always one of my favorite callers. Um, and I think that he made a lot of really good points and mm-hmm. did so in a generally hilarious way. So that's <laughs> really my favorite thing about it. But I really loved his point about uh, the Chiefs and Falcons having the same record. I think that it's really easy to look at you know, the flaws this team has. I think that we also get caught up in recency bias because the team has been bad for the last few years. And, you know, the Chiefs have been obviously dominant for the last couple of years. But, um, and I'm sorry, my dogs have decided it's fight club (laughs) o'clock here. So if you hear growling and snarling, uh, apologies. But anyway, um, yeah, I think that it, it is really important perspective. Like we're only three weeks into the season. There are 14 games to go. And a lot of football left to be played. And I think a lot of room for improvement from this Falcon yeah. squad. And just by nature of spending more time together, spending more time on this offense, getting more accustomed to the schemes on both sides of the ball, having more time to work together as the offensive and defensive unit. I think that we'll continue to see improvement. You know, is mm-hmm. it going to be enough for the playoffs? Like, I don't even want to think about that at this point. Like right. at this point, I just don't want to be embarrassed on a week to week basis. And that would be enough for me. 
<laughs> well, it, during the offseason, we all sort of talked about this team and where we thought they may land. And most of us felt like, you know, they would probably be somewhere around 500, eight, maybe nine wins, um, but probably not enough to get into the playoffs. So I, I think at this point, I still feel that way. I still feel like that's a, a possibility. They may be leaning more towards the lower side of that right now, but I, I still feel like this is not a playoff team and we shouldn't look at this as a playoff season, mm-hmm. but more about how will this team develop? Like you said, Gina, how are they going to you know come together? Uh, is it going to improve as the season goes on? And I think that's what we're really sort of keying in on. And, you know, uh, uh, Matt Ryan hater alert, he pointed out the offensive line that uh, our two young guys in the middle had a really good game. Um, mm-hmm. Jalen Mayfield and Matt Hennessy. Um, there are still some concerns, I think, with Caleb McGarry on that right tackle. But, you know, those yeah. two young guys, those are guys that struggled the first, you know, first couple weeks and they bounced back with a solid performance. And that's the kind of stuff you want to see. You want to see yeah. them build on that. And, and that mm-hmm. will be a big factor going into 2022, which is when mm-hmm. I think this team could legitimately be back into the playoff conversation. Yes, I completely agree. Yeah. All right. Um, as always, guys, thank you again for these voicemails. Uh, we love it. To our regulars who are you know, calling us after every game, uh, we deeply appreciate you. And for our new callers, uh, we really appreciate that. And uh, for Zeno, if you're out there, uh, I understand your Giants loss and you didn't want to call in and commiserate in that regard. <laughs> but you're always welcome to leave uh, your messages when we're not playing the Giants. Uh, look forward to hearing what you have to say about the the game against Washington next week. Um, <laughs> Gina, why don't you remind our listeners where they can find you, what you have going on? All right. Um, well, you can find me on Twitter at Gina Thomas. Um, I would encourage you to check out some things on SBNation.com. Right now, I'm really busy coordinating a bunch of different sponsored initiatives, but we have a really cool one going on right now where um, people from around our NFL sites are uh, covering the good things that players, coaches, and teams do off the field. So that's, um, it's under community impacts on SB Nation. I've really enjoyed those. The latest one to publish today was on uh, actually giant safety Logan Ryan and his wife Ashley are really focused on animal rescue. And David, you know, that's something that's very near to my heart. So it's just been a really fun project to coordinate. We're going to be doing that actually through December. So we will have a couple of articles about uh, Falcon stuff off the field coming up in November and December. So that's another thing to keep an eye out for. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, as for me, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at FalcoholicDW. Our articles at thefalcoholic.com and updates for this podcast at Falcoholic Pod. So for Gina Kelly, this is Dave Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. We'll talk with you next time.